You're listening to Stream Wars, your source for everything there is to know about the global live streaming industry. Here we'll share insights and trends gleaned from interviews with top streamers, experts, and industry professionals. And now your host, VP of live streaming at The Meat Group and former professional live streamer, Lauren Hallinan. and welcome back to Stream Wars. Today I have a special bonus episode for you. I don't want to reveal too much about it in the intro, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hi Anthony, welcome back on to the Stream Wars podcast. It's been a while since we've had you here. It truly has been a while. Thanks for having me, Lauren. So why don't you go ahead and give everybody a brief refresher. Um, Who are you and what are you up to? Yeah, for sure. I would love to. So my name is Anthony Mark. I'm a talent development specialist for the Meet Group. I specifically work on the app Meet Me and also the app Scout. And my job is basically to externally recruit talent from platforms like Instagram or YouTube or other live streaming apps and also uh, recruit internally. Maybe find somebody who is really low on trending and maybe they have a lot of potential, but they just need that extra boost. So basically, I work with them and coach them and help them to become the best possible live streamer that they can be. So that's my job in a nutshell. So today, uh, we're kind of mixing things up a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, We sure are. And so today, uh, we're actually, I'm going to hand over the reins to you. um, And maybe you can explain why, why we're doing this. You know, I'm going to let you run the podcast today. So why are we doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are switching things up. So as you guys know, Lauren is the host of the podcast. And we thought that it would be extremely interesting to hear, you know, Lauren's personal live stream story. Um, So let's just switch this up and turn the tables on Lauren, if you will. (laughs) I'm excited. This will be fun. (laughs) Yes, it's going to be so much fun. So, you you know, in your podcast intro, it says that you're you were a live streamer. I just want to know what that experience was like for you, how maybe it was culturally different in China being a Chinese live streamer. So let's just start down to the basic basics. How did you get into live streaming? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a crazy story. Um, uh, to start off, yeah, I was a live streamer in China, so that's kind of crazy enough to begin with. Um, but I was living and working in China for a really long time. Um, I studied abroad there and then I started working, um, I had been working for several years in, you know, PR, marketing, a bit in the entertainment industry. Um, and I was always super interested in social media and playing around with the Chinese social media channels and trying to grow my own following. And I was working at a, uh, a PR firm and I was feeling just a bit worn out. Um, I had been there for a while and I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to go off and, you know, do my own thing and, um, just see what I can make of myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I left having no idea, like, no idea what I was going to do next. Um, and I just started exploring all these different possibilities. And that was in, um, I guess fall of 2015. 
And okay. back then, um, if for those that are kind of familiar with just the live streaming and social media industry um, in the U.S., um, that's when Periscope and Meerkat and everything came out. Um, and so since being since I was in PR and marketing, um, I was always really attentive to, you know, what was developing abroad in like the U.S. and what was going on in China and kind of comparing. And I saw I saw everything that was going on with Periscope and Meerkat and um i knew that china had had live streaming platforms before they actually had them uh, back in like 08 or 09 i mean maybe even earlier than that um but they were all um web-based live streaming platforms and i was like interesting hey this is really cool i see the u.s is coming out with mobile live streaming platforms this is so much easier because i could just do it on my phone i don't need any uh, fancy equipment or anything like I can do it from anywhere and I started asking like my Chinese friends like hey what you know what are there any platforms like this in in China and kind of at the time they were like no not really and then um a month or two later some of my friends got back to me and they're like actually yeah they're starting to crop up like a bunch of these platforms are, are are appearing um and so I started to try it out <laughs> wow um, and, Interesting. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. too, because you talked about, you know, the PR skills, the media skills, the social media skills. I think that what the basis for all those skills are is interpersonal communication, you know, understanding where somebody is coming from and then taking that information and then dishing out what you can. How did you um, and if you did, how did you implement those skills into live streaming from those you know, kind of platforms, PR and media? Well, I think those skills translated in the sense that um, I was very um, driven from the beginning that this wasn't just, um, you know, that I just wanted to get on and make some new friends. Like I went on with the goal of growing a following, thinking, how can I develop, you know, my personal brand on these live streaming platforms, you know, because um, I wasn't you know, I mean, definitely I stood out because I was a foreigner and the majority of people on there were, were Chinese people. Um, but there were other foreigners and, you know, so I had, and they were also blonde hair and blue eyed, you know? And and so I had to figure out like, how can I set myself apart? Um, how can I create my own, my own brand? Um, you know, I had to consider, uh, which platform is going to be the best for me. Um, I had to think about uh, developing relationships with my audience. So these were all things that um, I think um, because I had the background in PR and marketing and I had built other social media channels before that I kind of had a leg up on on other people when it came to that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they all kind of go hand in hand with each other, as you were saying. And uh, I'm curious, you know, we talk a lot here about audience analysis, who is your audience and, and what does that mean? So which platforms did you stream on? And how did that dictate your audience? Right. So I definitely played around with a lot of platforms because, um, <laughs> unlike, unlike here in, in the U.S. or in the West where, you know, there might be a couple of options really from late 2015 and then into 2016, early 2017, there were, I'm not kidding you, hundreds of live streaming platforms in China. 
like yeah. they the, the the trend it got so live streaming got so popular in china that there there were just platforms cropping up overnight and you know and mainstream platforms were adding live streaming features and it was just everywhere and so um you know i definitely played around with several platforms trying to get a feel for what was the best fit for me um and honestly probably a lot of the listeners might not be familiar with the platforms that i was on but um i started off on um maypi which was kind of a short video platform um that uh ended up that added live streaming um but then i got recruited to go over to um Momo, which is actually very similar to um, the apps that we have here at the Meet Group um, in the sense that uh, Momo is a social networking and dating uh, platform um, where you can uh, meet people maybe based on location. There are different chat groups, things like that. And they added live streaming in as another way to allow people to socialize. So very similar to to the Meet Group, um, you know, the Meet Me, Scout, Tagged, um, all of these these platforms. Um, so they actually recruited me to go over there. Um, and, and so that's probably where I spent the majority of, of my time streaming. Um, I also did try out uh, two other platforms and grow audiences on two other platforms. Um, one is called Ejerboa, and it is part of um, Weibo, which is kind of like the kind of like the Facebook or Instagram of, of, of China. Um, so it was, it was an app that was associated with them and connected to that platform. So it would be a little bit similar to streaming on Facebook live or Instagram live. Maybe a lot of, a lot of celebrities would stream there because they could connect it to their, um, to their Weibo account. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's, it's like a celebrity having an Instagram account kind of thing. Um, and then I also was streaming, uh, on another platform called, called Huajiao, which it was a pure live streaming platform. Um, they didn't have any other real types of features. So maybe it would be more similar to something like um, Live Me or You Now. Interesting. And so what are the audiences like on that platforms? Because we definitely have a niche audience here. Like you were saying, Instagram Live has a niche audience of fans. So these platforms that you are super successful on, um, what was your audience like? And also, what kind of things did you do in your stream? Because, you know, as a live streamer, there's a multitude of things that you can do, activities or games or um, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, giveaways or contests. So, um, w- what was kind of your whole shtick, if you will? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that, like you said, the audiences were definitely, um, different. Huajiao and Momo were, were pretty similar. Um, I think the majority of, um, my, my viewers were male. There were female viewers as well, but I think it would, it would probably be maybe like a, 70 30 60 40 kind of split like it was obvious that there were more male male viewers um and i'd say that you know they were similar ages to me maybe slightly older um okay but yeah majority would be male 
viewers. Um, and as far as it was, it was interesting because some of them were, uh, located in big cities in China. Some of them were located in the countryside and they were like, Hey, look at this foreigner. Like I've never had a chance to talk to a foreigner in my entire life. Like, and now I can talk to one. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll touch on more of that in a moment. But, um, and then there were also, it was really interesting because no matter what platform I was on, I attracted a lot of Chinese people that were actually living abroad outside of China and were using live streaming as kind of, oh, they were watching live streams as a way to feel like more connected back to China. And then, yes. but it was funny because then they would be like, hey, but look, here's this foreigner who's in China on a live streaming platform. And so they felt connected to me because in a sense, we had similar, we had like reversed life experiences, you know, like we both knew both cultures and things like that. So it was funny how many, um, no matter what platform I was on, I drew quite a lot of, um, uh, people who were Chinese people living in maybe the U.S. or Australia or Europe, which which I found really interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, and then when I was on Ijerboa, that platform was uh, the ratio was more fifty fifty, um, male female, um, and that tended to be more like college students, and that's just because of the kind of the demographics of Weibo, which is the the you know, Instagram, Facebook type platform that they were associated with. So um, you could definitely see that the demographics would change based on um, based on which which app it was maybe associated with or some of the other features of the platform. Um, Maypie was which was the first one that I was on the video platform would be I think very similar to something like um, you know now TikTok or Vine it was a very musically it was a more of a a younger or more female user base Um, so yeah that was all really interesting for me Um, and then when it came to to content um, honestly a lot of it was very personality driven and um we talked a lot about cultural differences um because that's just what what people were curious about and why people were coming to my stream you know they wanted to know what uh you know my thoughts on certain aspects of chinese culture and china um mm. or they wanted to know about life in you know in the US um yeah and and things like that so Honestly, a lot of it was just cross-cultural communication. Um, and it yeah. got a little tedious at times, you know. I was like, I've answered this question so many times. <laughs> but I had to, you know, understand that, like, with, you know, live streaming, uh, if they didn't show up to my stream 10 minutes before, they probably didn't hear what I said. So how would yes. they know? So I had to be understanding with that, you know, and just answer the question again. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely an interesting thing about live streaming is because it's live, it's in the moment. So if you answered a question and somebody's just coming on the stream right afterwards, they're going to want to know the answer to something that you might have answered a million and five times. Right. Um, And so that happens in all cultures for streaming. But what I'm curious about is, like you said, there definitely are cultural differences. And that's a topic of conversation in a lot of your streams. So how is the China live streaming culture or environment different than the United States? Because there must be um, something that's extremely polarizing about both. But I want to know what's what's different. What, what are the uh, you know facets that make them unique? I think the 
biggest one to me is just that um, because live streaming got so incredibly popular in China um, that the the live streaming uh, industry there is uh, more professional and much more developed than it is here. It's much, much more mm. mainstream um, there. You know, ev- everyone knows what live streaming is, whether you're like, you know, even even older people know know what live stream, you know, old people, young people, like everyone knows what live streaming is. Probably a lot of people have have seen one um, on some platform, you know, like I said, there are just so many platforms. Um, and uh, I think that. There are also a lot of, you know, for example, here at the Meet Group, like your job, right? You're um, a yeah. talent manager, right? And you're um, within uh, our company, right? You, so, but there are actually in, in China, there's a whole industry of talent agencies specifically for live streamers um, wow. that are, you know, external and that work with these different platforms to help them scout and train and manage talent um, and that is is a whole industry and sometimes in China if you really want to be successful as a live streamer it's very difficult to be independent and uh, grow without signing with one of these agencies um, you know if you don't sign with one of the agencies you might not get as much traffic um, they, there's just preferential treatment for, for people that sign with, with the agencies kind of like um MCNs, uh, multi-channel networks here in, in the U.S., um, very similar to that. So, um, wow. yeah, so it's just, I think it's a lot more, I think it's more cutthroat. I think it's more developed. There's a lot more people doing it. Um, so it's just this, I guess, the stage of the development of the industry um, is is different. Yeah, that definitely does sound a lot different because, you know, we were talking about that earlier um, at the meet group, you know, the agencies in China, because they really treat it like it's the film industry or our singers and songwriters. It is just as important there. And I feel like that's something that might be a cultural disconnect here is that it's a little bit of a subculture. So I bet it's much harder to become more popular in China on live streaming than it is here. Um and something else that I'm curious about, too, um, are what skills did you have to develop? Because, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people on the Chinese streaming app, since it was already such a big part of their culture and there were new apps coming out every single day and new features, what did you have to do to catch up to them? What skills did you have to develop to, you know, reach the Chinese live streaming standards? Um, so, I mean, something that not necessarily applicable to our streamers, but, you know, obviously language skills were very, were very important. So I was, I was doing all of this, um, in, in Chinese, um, and, uh, because I do know some foreigners who tried to do it with limited Chinese skills. And while it's possible, it's, it's much harder to develop those types of relationships with your audience. Um, that's really necessary. You know, and it also limits your audience. Um, You know, for me, I was able to really, you know, remember who my top gifters were and remember things about their lives. And, and, you know, that would have just been a lot harder if um, if I couldn't speak Chinese. Um, But I think it was also... uh, 
you know, at least, and, and I think this probably occurs here too, but you kind of, there's a different online language, you know, so a lot of times people would say things and I'd be like, hey, I can, I can read Chinese, you know, I'd be reading through the comments and I'm like, I can read Chinese, but I don't know what you're saying. And it, it was because they were using all this online oh, slang. Like slang. Um, so is there like in China, is there an equivalent to like LOL or TTYL? Talk oh, to it, yeah. TTG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you had to become familiar with all the online streaming lingo. Right. That's like a language in and of itself. Right, 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 right. And there's wow. some, I mean, some of that is even just applicable to, you know, to, to streaming. Like they had special names for like, um, you know, trolls. And uh, I don't know, just yeah, there's all sorts of lingo that was just uh, specifically for I feel like just for streaming that like other people that that didn't know streaming, like didn't even understand. So that definitely um, was a challenge uh, trying to learn all that. But at the same time, if I did learn that, and then I pulled those words out during my live stream, or like I actually responded to some of those comments, people would be like, wow wow, this girl, like, she knows what she's talking about. You yeah, know? it and, gave you legitimacy. Yeah. And Clout, and if you, you will. Know, I, I might get more more gifts because they'd be like, I didn't actually expect you to understand that. Or like, Wow. So that's interesting, too, because, um, you know, we think here in America that, like, we're the mainstream culture. So um, there's not as much, you know, interest in trying to get to know other people's languages, versions of G2G or LOL. So I guess we must see that on our apps all the time. Are people trying to, you know, become familiar with our terms to seem more, I guess, relevant or relatable to other people? It's certainly interesting. So I'm curious as well. There's new features that come out on these live streaming apps all the time, specifically ours. I see Meet Me and Scout and Tagged and Lavu. There's always new features at least a couple of times a month that really change like the landscape in a beneficial way. So since you have stopped live streaming, what features have you seen that have been, you know, born that you would love to go back and participate in? Oh yeah, that's definitely, I think something that mm, I wish, for example, you know, um, the, uh, battles, which they call PK over there, but, um, the, the, the battles type feature, uh, really came out kind of after I had started to kind of step away from live streaming. Um, and I really wish that they had had that back yeah. when, when I was doing it because I think that it's such a great way to add a little burst of energy into your stream. Um, and oh, yeah, sure. I think that, uh, you know, in, in, with the China streamers, at least, um, they, they definitely, they do actually battle. Um, and what they take quite seriously is the punishments. <laughs> so, right. So wow. after a battle ends, they always make the other streamer do some kind of like truth or dare type silly punishment. Um, and so I just think that would have been a lot of fun and a great way for me to have gotten to know a lot of the other streamers better because, um, f- for me, I, f- 
as especially as a foreigner, I felt it was a there. I wish there was more of a community of streamers. You know, I see yeah. um, sometimes on on our apps, um, particularly with Lavu, um, there's a great streamer community, and I I definitely wish that I had um, had that. I think it would have helped. Um, and honestly, I, I really commend our streamers um, for being really creative in their streams, whether it's um, games or how they kind of reward their audience members um, or uh, themes that they have, all sorts of things. Um, I wish I had been more creative. Um, I think I could have been a lot more creative, um, but... Uh, I, yeah, I think it was hard because I also maybe um, was just looking at what was around me and a, a lot of people were uh, singing, dancing, doing comedy, and those were all things that weren't really my skill set. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I wish I had um, you know come up with some of these fun ideas. I think battles would have been a good feature for, for me. Um, yeah, well, it definitely helps with the engagement of the streams. I, I think that sometimes with live streaming where it can fall flat is the lack of programming or lack of content. So it's not like turning on a TV show and you expect beginning, middle, climax, and then end, or like a YouTube video or an Instagram live video. So it's something more random. And the way to add those nuances is stuff like this, battles or, you know, some gifting tactics, gifting games. Um, And so I'm curious also, you know, we we talked about the interpersonal communication skills that need to be implemented in live streaming. How did you learn to react when somebody gave you a big gift? Did you ever get tired? Um, I'm always curious about that from the live streamer standpoint. Um, of how to consistently be on, you know, have that light in your, the sparkle in your eyes on all the time. Definitely. Um, I think there's a couple of points there. So the first, I'll I'll kind of answer your second, second question first, um, about, you know, being tired or being always on. Um, I think for me, um, I'm actually, I think what, what I would call a, uh, outgoing introvert. So being on all the time and being as energetic as you need to be to really have a great live streaming live stream, um, is really tiring for me. Um, especially because I, um, I want to give it my all. I want to be paying attention to as many people as I can who are coming into my stream. I want to do my best to remember all of my, whether you're a big gifter or you're just somebody that comes to like all of my streams, you know, I want to try and really say hello and give you a warm welcome and, and, you know, try and follow up with maybe something that we had talked about last time, you know? And so it took a lot of energy for me. Um, and, uh, especially since I was doing it in another language. Um, but, uh, I just think that's, it's crucial. I mean, I, I would have audience if I came and I was, uh, 
tired, even if I was trying hard, you know, but people, people in my audience could tell if I, if I was too tired, you know, and they were like, you know, they can, your audience can read you and then they're not having as much uh, as fun of a time because you're not bringing the energy, you know, you really need to bring that energy. Um, and that, that really gets the, the room going and the conversation going. Um, it's, it's, it's really obvious, a lot more obvious than you, you'd think it would be. And yeah, um, I bet. I don't think that you need to be like super crazy or super, you know, woo all the time. Like you don't have to be like at, you're at a party. Um, yeah. but I think you just need to have, um, you just need to be focused on, on what's going on and really in the moment and really paying a lot of attention to people. Um, and, and, uh, you know, if you start drifting off, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really noticeable. So, um, for and me, it's not like you have like a production team or anybody like, okay, Lauren, you have to be on. Like right. you do it all by yourself. Right, 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 right. Um, wow. For me, it was like, it was like, if I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to just, I'm going to make it worth it. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want somebody to come to my stream and not have a good experience and then be like, well, why would I watch this girl again? You know, I want everyone to come and it's always a good stream. So yeah. um, I think for me, what was really important is that I had a very set schedule as much as I could. And, you know, even if I was not in the mood to do it, I was like, people expect me to show up at X time every day. So, and if I didn't show up, they'd be like, why weren't you streaming at that time? Like they would ask me. Yeah, they hold you accountable. That accountability can be good, I bet. Oh yeah, definitely. So it was for me, it was like, I'm streaming at this time, unless I have a really good reason not to be like, you know, just being tired or I don't feel like it isn't a good excuse, you know? And I would be like, you have to stream from at least this time to this time. If it's going good, you could stream longer, like blah, blah, blah. You know, sometimes I would stream twice a day if I like had the time, that kind of thing. Um, but I think just having a set time and just committing to like, I need to show up at that time gives yeah. you, you motivation as well. Um, and then, uh, as far as the, the like interpersonal skills, um, and, and everything, um, I, I just, like I said, I think it's really important that, which, which a lot of our streamers do a really great job at is just getting to know your audience members and, you know, no matter who they are, like, as I said, even if they're not your top gifter, but they just are really loyal and they're always showing up and always engaging, um, yeah. you know, you, you really need to, to, to pay attention to them and, and not just say hi. Like I would get to know, you know, I knew somebody had a daughter or I knew somebody traveled a lot for work, you know, so I would always say like, where are you today? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, it's not just calling out names when they come in there. It's adding that bit of a personal touch so they really go oh she really does know who i am yeah and um, is that the same thing in in chinese live streaming culture is it all about that interaction oh yeah totally i mean most live streamers in china um have separate groups chat groups um that they like fan groups um and they spend hours a day when they're not streaming in these fan groups still chatting with people wow um, interesting mm-hmm. and so there are maybe you, different you... level fan groups depending on you know how uh you know how many uh gifts you've given gifts you give like out that. yeah 
So would you say that maybe that culture in China is a lot more prevalent than it is here? You know, because you have people that you like to watch on the live streams, but there's a difference between liking to watch somebody and being a fan of somebody. So would you say that there's more of like a fan culture in China? Um, possibly. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I think maybe there's just this desire to get closer or to be part of a fan group. I think that's really prevalent there. It's just that there, it was like, if I didn't have a fan group, it was it was weird like they yes. just like expect no matter what size you are even if you're even you know if you've got a following you just have to have a fan group you know yeah. and that was weird to me because i think like well like a, a big star like a huge influencer might have fan group you know and but and also i don't know because i'm not i'm not like a super huge fan of anybody here in the west um but yeah. you know i um uh, and maybe you can answer this better. Like I follow a lot of people on Instagram, but I don't know of any of them who have like chat groups for their followers, you know, yes. whereas like any influencer in China, wh no matter what type of platform you're on, as soon as you have a, a decent following, you're going to open up a chat group for your followers. Yes. Because streaming is based on interaction. So mm -hmm. their fans likely interact with each other. Mm -hmm. um, I always say, like, for example, you know, somebody like Taylor Swift, um, you know, if she, all these people follow her on Instagram, you know what I mean? And, you know, if she were to live stream, people would freak out because it's direct connection with them. But as far as live streamers trying to do the reverse thing and grow their own Instagram following, it might not work as well because they're already getting that direct, you know, instant gratification by following their live stream. So if you're saying, hey, follow me on Instagram, maybe they don't want to because it's like a step away from you rather than being in the stream with you, if you know what I'm saying. Mm, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good point. I think that that's yeah. true. Interesting. So, um, just before we close out, I'm interested, do any of your fans reach out to you and say that they miss you? And um, would you ever consider going back and live streaming for a short period of time? I, I have considered it. Um, I think I well, I stepped away from it mainly because I just wanted to pursue other career opportunities. And, and like, you know, you know, if you want to be a streamer and you want to make it a profession, it's really a full time job like the it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's especially in China, it's several hours a day. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's really a commitment and I just wanted to explore other things. And, um, you know, I didn't feel like streaming, you know, once a week or something like that was enough. Um, but, um, I definitely, at times I kind of miss it. Um, and I have considered, you know, doing, doing it occasionally. I think it's a good, a good way to keep in touch with what's going on there. Um, um, there are a couple of my, my fans and followers and stuff that I have. Um, they follow me on other social media platforms. Um, and there's actually a couple of them, um, who live here in the U S that I've, I've stayed oh, nice. in touch with as well. Um, one of them is going to college 
college here in the U.S. and things like that. So occasionally we we kind of chat and, and stay in touch. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I do I do feel bad because I, I, de- I feel like I developed relationships with people. And then, you know, moving back to the U.S. and getting off the platform, I kind of uh, lost touch with a lot of them. But I think I think if they looked hard enough, they could find find ways to get in touch with me. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, it's so it's been so interesting, Lauren, you know, hearing the differences between Chinese and American streaming. But it seems like what it all comes down to is that communication aspect. So I think everybody uh, really enjoyed hearing your perspective on that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely hope and I think a goal of, um, you know, doing this episode was just to to be able to give people some insight into my experiences and and who I am um so you know when I'm doing all these interviews with with streamers um you know I think now people can understand a bit better where I'm coming from and and maybe my my viewpoint um and yeah. uh, and also just let people know that there's um there's a lot more out there and um, I think you can learn a lot from, from what's going on in oh, other yeah. uh, areas sure. of the world because um, like I said, you know, streaming is, is maybe more advanced in other parts of the world. So there's, there's a lot that you can learn from, from that. Yeah, for sure. Well, now everybody knows what your scre- streaming credentials are and maybe they'll, uh, you know, put that into perspective when you're talking to other live streamers, because it's definitely awesome to have that clout and, you know, know what you're talking about when talking to other streamers. So thanks for sharing all of that. Definitely. Thanks for interviewing me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We had so much fun. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's bonus episode of Stream Wars and now have a bit more context of who I am, my background, and my perspective when I'm interviewing guests on this show. If you would like to learn more about my experiences or Chinese live streaming platforms, I have included links to resources in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot. Thanks and talk to you next time.